Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. I am so excited that we're joining together as the Bridgewater family online. This may be the first time that you've connected with us, and that's wonderful. Maybe this is your Sunday morning uh, focus, is you just love hearing God's Word, because I know I love preaching God's Word, and I am getting ready to launch into a new series simply called Forgiveness. There's a story that's always impacted me that came many, many years ago out of Spain. There was a father who had had problems with his teenage son. And his son was named Paco, and and he and Paco had fought, just like dads and, and teenage sons can do. But it got so severe that Paco left and, and ran away. And it was weeks, and weeks turned into months, and his dad was distraught. So he decided to put an ad in the paper, in the local paper. He, he put an ad that simply said, Paco, if you will meet me at the newspaper office on Wednesday, all is forgiven. I love you, Dad. When he got to the newspaper office on that Wednesday, over 800 Pacos had shown up. Now that story always just wrenches my heart because I believe this. Every single person needs to receive and to give forgiveness. So we're going to begin this series and we're going to dive into different components of what forgiveness looks like, but I really want to set a foundational tone as we move forward over these next few weeks. Please remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Jesus said this, and I want to paraphrase it for us because it's so important. Jesus simply said, if we won't forgive others, God won't forgive us. Now, I want that just to soak in for a minute. We're going to talk about forgiveness, and I have never known any person in my entire life who hasn't needed to ask for forgiveness from God or someone else or to give forgiveness to the people in their lives. And that's hard, isn't it? Isn't it hard when you're going through a struggle with someone? Isn't it difficult to really lean in and decide that, especially when you're not on the same page, when you don't agree? Isn't it difficult that instead of getting mad or upset, we're going to forgive? Now, the motivator should be this. Is there anybody out there listening today that wants God's forgiveness when we ask. I know I do, don't you? 
I want God's forgiveness when I say to the Lord, God, will you forgive me for my sins, my mistakes, my shortcomings? God, forgive me. I want to know that God is going to forgive. But Jesus made it clear. If we're not willing to forgive others in the way that we want to be forgiven, God can't forgive us. And that's what I want to talk about. In the first message today, I want to talk about the need for forgiveness for the people that need it more than anyone else. Are you ready for this? You and me. You and I need forgiveness. We've got to start with us. And I'm going to a familiar story. I've intentionally done this this morning, that I want to go to a story that I read often, that I've talked about through the years, because I think it really sets the tone to understand what forgiveness looks like to Jesus. That's the person that matters. The person that we need to care about is what does Jesus teach about forgiveness, and he was able to do it on a very spectacular, amazing and unexpected day when he was invited to a Pharisee's home. I want to give you three steps. And, and I again, I'm making this, I'm trying to make this simple. I guarantee that there are people in your life that you need to forgive, that you need to receive forgiveness from, and especially we want to be in a right relationship with God. So three steps that we can follow. Here is our passage to begin. Luke 7, 36 through 38. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him, at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Here's step one. If we want to understand forgiveness, we have to be willing to pour out the weight of our sin. Now let's get the backstory because I don't want to just read this passage and assume we understand what really is taking place until we begin to dive deep into what had actually taken place. Simon, a Pharisee, had invited Jesus to come and eat at his home. Don't be shocked by that. Don't be surprised that Jesus went to Simon's home, even though the setting would seem to be uh, odd or, or perhaps even uh, unusual for Jesus. Don't forget that he went to Zacchaeus's house, that he called tax collectors and fishermen, that he uh, spoke to a, a Samaritan woman at a well. Jesus always placed himself in positions to help people understand who he really was and our need to be in a relationship with him. It was no different that day when he accepted Simon's invitation to come to his home. Now, there's something else I need to describe for you. In that day and age, most of the time, someone like Simon, who was well known as a Pharisee and a teacher of the Jewish law, he would have had a very nice home. And there would have been a courtyard where this dinner would have taken place. 
it would have been a lower table, which would have been the culture, and the guests would have been reclining at the table with their feet extended outwardly. Now, I think this is unique. We read that the woman heard that Jesus would be at Simon's home. So she went. Well, how could anyone think they would have been allowed in? Don't you need an invitation? You would have to know someone, but not in that day. In that day, into the, the corridors surrounding the courtyard, common people, uh, friends, people that weren't invited to sit at the table, just about anyone could have come to Simon's house and they would have been let in. Because especially for poorer people, they would have wanted to soak in these pearls of wisdom from social elite type folks. And think about this. They would have also been allowed to eat the leftovers from the table. So it makes perfect sense that when this woman heard, she's thinking to herself, I can go and listen to Jesus and remain unnoticed. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you just wanted to maybe uh, go to the back of the sanctuary in a church or maybe be the last person in the classroom to be seated because you want to be a part of what's going on. You just don't want to be noticed. Now here's what is about to grab our attention. What Simon thought would happen as the host is not at all what was going through the mind of Jesus. In fact, I really want you to understand what took place next. The woman, we're told, is a sinful woman. Now, what does that really mean to us? I want you to think about her hair. I mean, right? Of all the details in the story, why does her hair matter to us so much? It's because her hair is down. Now, in our society today, lots and lots of women wear their hair down around their shoulders. But in that culture, that Jewish culture, there were only two kinds of women that would wear their hair down. Those that were young and unmarried, and those that were sinful like this woman. And when we realize that as Luke writes this passage... He tells us the woman is sinful. So what does all this mean? It means this simple fact. She's a prostitute. That's who she is. And maybe it's more fair to say that's who she's had to become. A woman to take care of herself. We have to be careful not to criticize people even today when they see them in circumstances we don't understand. We need to be very alert to the fact that we don't know everyone's story. And there needs to be a sensitivity about us, especially if we know Christ as our Savior. But sometimes that can be difficult. And it was for Simon. Simon was a religious man. Simon was a man of God. But what he didn't expect was for this, can I call her a shadow guest? She steps out of the shadows, out of the darkness, and into the light. And then she sees Jesus at the table, his feet extended outwardly, and without a word, people notice she has her hand 
around an alabaster jar. Why, why would that be in that setting? Why, why is it like that? Very simple. This was expensive. It's all that she probably owned. We're told in some parts of Scripture that jars like this would have been worth a, a year's worth of wages. And we all know how she earned her money. She's grasping this jar and then she does the unthinkable. She pops the cork. She, she removes it. And immediately because of this expensive perfume, everyone begins to smell the aroma of this beautiful thing that she's brought. But everyone holds their breath. What is she going to do? Here's what no one could have even imagined. She, she gets close to Jesus' feet. And I think she kneels down in that moment and she pours the nard, the perfume, on his feet. Onlookers like Simon are thinking, that perfume is worth more than the woman. What are you doing wasting it? But she pours it all on his feet. You could hear a pin drop. No one dares to stop her, and Jesus certainly didn't. And then tears begin to flow from this woman's eyes. Think about it. The weight of her sin, the weight of our sin, is so often discovered in our tears. She's just crying, and she's crying. She's crying so much, she's actually soaking Jesus' feet with her tears. The perfume, the, the aroma radiates beyond the ugly smell of sin. And the tears are washing his feet. She has no towel, and in an act of unconditional love, she begins to wipe Jesus' feet with her hair. Would you do that today? Would you go up to someone? Would you pour your most expensive bottle of perfume on their feet and wipe their feet, their dirty, filthy feet with your hair? Mm. Just... Press pause for a moment. This woman was so overwhelmed with her life, her sin, her actions, that she chose to do what was unthinkable, un unacceptable. A woman touching Jesus' feet. They, they didn't know each other. And everyone was, was just in awe. Can I ask you, and here's this first step that matters so much. When was the last time that you and I 
poured out the weight of our sin before God? When was the last time we didn't justify our actions? When was the last time that we just got in the presence of God one-on-one and we said to Jesus, our Savior, I am such a sinner. And there are things in my life that I need to give to you. In fact, I want to stop and make sure you know this. Jesus welcomes anyone like the woman. Don't ever think that you can't go into the presence of God and and actually go to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. He can forgive any sin. Jesus can forgive any person. It's the world that is unaccepting. That's not who Jesus is. When was the last time that you trusted God enough to go and pour out all of your sins? That's step one. Step two. Let's look at the next passage of Scripture. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, we're talking about Simon, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, well, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Here's the second step. Remember love and forgiveness always go hand in hand. Can we just stop for a moment? Will you say that with me at home? Remember love and forgiveness always go hand in hand. There's a subtle insight in this story that would be easy to miss for any of us. And here is what is so important for us to understand. Simon did not speak his disgust for what had happened out loud. Wow. But Jesus knew what Simon was thinking. Simon was arrogant. Simon had been arrogant from the moment he invited this young uh, prophet named Jesus to be the center of his table's attention. He thought, look at me, I've got this young prophet that's here, and and, and it really just puts a, a feather in my cap. Jesus knew that about Simon. He wasn't uh, uh, ignorant of the fact of what Simon was like, but he went because Jesus, now get this, this is hard to understand, but Jesus loved Simon as much as he loved the woman. But Simon in his heart was, was selfish. And he's thinking in his mind, Geez, this, this Jesus, he's not a prophet. 
He's not really a teacher. He, he doesn't have any discernment. If he did, he would know what kind of woman was touching him and tell her to stop. Then I could respect that kind of a prophet, that kind of a, a man. Jesus doesn't correct that. Did you see that? Jesus doesn't correct that. Jesus, in his beautiful way, says to Simon, Simon, how about a story? I've got a small story. Well, Simon goes, teacher, I would love to hear it. And he goes, there's two men who owe money to a money lender. One owes uh, 500 denarii, 150. Now, remember, denarii are, are, are pieces of silver in that day. Uh, it wouldn't have meant much to them. But I did a little bit of, of math. In other words, in today's amounts, one person owed $1,415. That would have been a lot of money in that day. The other owed $141.50. Jesus simply says, Simon, the money lender forgives both of these debtors. Who will love him more? Simon, and, and, and please hang on to how he says this. Simon says, I suppose the one who was forgiven more. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. You got it right, Simon. Simon's feeling all good about himself, right? He backs up. Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Simon's like, I knew I would. But what he didn't understand was what Jesus would say next. Jesus held him accountable. We sometimes forget that about Jesus. Would you want Jesus to walk into the room right now and, and hold us accountable? But remember, love and forgiveness always have to go hand in hand. And there is a truth in love. Did you hear that, church? There is a truth in love. And it's not that we don't want the forgiveness, but oftentimes we don't want the truth that opens the door to forgiveness. We want to water it down. We're like Simon. I answered the question right. The problem is with someone else. The sinner in the room is the prostitute, the woman who just, uh, uh, without any inhibition, she just gave everything she had. That's not Simon. Jesus made a contrast, and this would have hit Simon right to the heart. He doesn't begin to expose all of Simon's sins. That would have been pretty easy. Instead, he goes, you know, Simon, there are three things that as a host you're responsible for when anyone, any one of your guests walk into your home. First, you should have greeted us with the kiss of peace. Then, because we wear these simple sandals and the roads are so filthy, you should have provided water for us to wash our feet. And then, third, Simon, you know this, you should have given a pinch of sweet-smelling incense. And you should have put that on our head because it's a symbol of 
acceptance and welcome into the home. He said, Simon, since this moment, this woman has been willing, this woman laying in a heap. Think about this for a minute. Jesus is looking at this woman. I don't think he's looking at Simon, but he's talking to Simon. Here's this woman in a heap of, of exhaustion from confessing every sin without one single word. Because she knew she was a sinner and only Jesus could forgive her. There she lay, her head down on Jesus' feet perhaps. The aroma of the perfume all poured out on the feet of Christ. Her hair matted with dirt and oil. And maybe you can still hear her sobbing and that, that sound that comes after crying so much. And Jesus looks at Simon and says, this woman has been kissing my feet. She has wiped my feet with her hair. And this perfume, that's all she had. Without hesitation, she gave everything. And then Jesus does this. Jesus in verse 47, says something that none of us can afford to forget. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. Now listen. Her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Remember, love and forgiveness always go hand in hand. And sometimes, do you ever wonder this? Have you ever asked this question? Why are so people angry and bitter today? I, I, have, a simple, I have a simple insight for that. Are people so angry and bitter today because the forgiveness that their heart longs for has never been received because we care more about how we've been hurt instead of releasing others who have hurt us, asking God to forgive us. That's, that's what forgiveness is about. Love keeps no record of wrongs. In fact, I, I would just say this. I think constantly, if we're followers of Jesus, we have to be ready to forgive at a, at a moment's notice and to ask God for forgiveness. But have you ever noticed this too? The people leading the way with forgiveness should always be followers of Christ. We should be the ones talking to each other openly when we're hurt. We're not the ones who should be talking to other people. We should go directly to the people that have hurt us, people that we've struggled with. That's really what we should do. It reminds me of a time when I was preaching years ago in another church. And after a, a message on forgiveness, a woman walked up to me. I can remember her face. And I was standing out in the lobby greeting a lot of people. She simply walked up to me and she goes, Pastor? And I, I greeted her. I knew her. And I said, yes. Yeah. She goes, I've been mad and upset with you for two years. I forgive you. And then she walked away. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm glad she forgave me. But what was she forgiving me for? What was she so upset about? And was that really love? 
or just relief? Why would someone hold on to that kind of bitterness that long? Because did you hear what Jesus said? If we love little, it's because we have not allowed God to forgive much. How much have you really been forgiven? In fact, can I be bold enough to ask this? Have you really asked Jesus to forgive you for your sins? Because if we have, then we will always be motivated, even when we're crushed by people that we care about, we will always be motivated to ask, can we meet? Can we talk? Can I ask for forgiveness? And we will want to give it and receive it. It's people that call themselves Christians that don't forgive, don't step up, that have not been forgiven much, not because God doesn't want to forgive us, but because we think we don't need it. Simon, aren't you, isn't it sad? Simon did not receive transformation that day that God had for him as well as for the woman. There was, a, there was an endless supply of unconditional love from Jesus that day. But there's no record that Simon asked. But let's look at step three because we do see the end of the story with Jesus and the woman. Jesus, then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Here's our third step. Celebrate God's forgiveness and our freedom. Please hear me when I say this out of love. Stop trying to celebrate forgiveness and freedom if you haven't asked for it. Stop thinking that your issues are only between you and God because notice this entire piece that took place. Jesus spoke truth to Simon and then before they ever left the dinner, in front of everyone, he looks at the woman and says, your sins are forgiven. He didn't want anyone to leave the room thinking that the woman who came in was the same woman who was going to leave. She was completely forgiven. In fact, doesn't Jesus say something that's amazing? He says, your faith has saved you. Now, technically, technically, of course, Jesus is right. I mean, I don't want to water that down. But how about this? The woman had faith in Jesus because she believed in him. Jesus is the one who has to forgive. And if Jesus forgives us, we have the ability to forgive others. Can you imagine? This isn't in the story. Can I, can I just do, do this? Can you imagine when the woman got up? I wish I had as much information about when she got up as when she came in. Can you imagine if she walked over to Simon and said, thank you for letting me be at your house? Jesus has forgiven me. Can you imagine if Simon had been one of the men that had slept with her? And can you picture this? Can you picture the woman saying, and I forgive you? Do, do you see what happens? The woman 
didn't blame anyone for her sins. She didn't come in saying, the men have forced me to do this. She didn't come in and say, the culture has made me a piece of property. She didn't come in and try to reason out of her lifestyle. She just owned her own junk. You know why? We've got to own our own sin to be forgiven for our sin. Quit making excuses. Quit thinking that it's somebody else's fault. We've all been hurt. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I've been hurt. You've hurt people. It's, it's life. But this woman is an example of coming in and saying that it's, it's, all, it's all me. And I need to be forgiven for my sins if I'm going to walk free, celebrate, and know that I'm forgiven. Jesus just said you're forgiven. I don't think she went back to a lifestyle of prostitution. I don't think that she held a grudge toward anyone. She walked away with this burden removed that only God could remove. What about you? What about me? Have you really gone through the list in your life of the people that you care about and people you've been in relationship with? Have you, have you forgiven everyone that needs to be forgiven? Are there people that still come to your mind that you're upset with? Can I lovingly just say this? If we have issues with other people, oftentimes it's because we haven't received the full amount of forgiveness that Jesus has for us. And that's how I want to close this morning. This morning I want to close with this simple request. If you need a complete forgiveness from God, maybe that you've never asked for, or maybe you've asked and it's just time to renew our commitment, if you need that kind of forgiveness, would you do this? You might be at home, in your car, at work. I don't know where you are listening to this. If this is you and you can relate to this story so well, would you just raise your hand? I can't see it, but God can. Just raise your hand. Just say, God, that's me. In fact, sometimes it's easier in our own privacy of our home to do that. God, I'm just like this woman. There are things people don't know about me, things people do know, and, and I just need your forgiveness. But I also have another question. Have you been forgiven so much by God that no matter who's hurt you, you can say, I'm going to forgive them? It doesn't mean you agree with them. It just means that we want to be released from that. If that's you, just raise your hand. And can I pray for us? Let's do that. God, this message is pretty incredible. It's, uh, in, it, it's an incredible story of unconditional forgiveness and love. And Jesus, I want to say this. There are people in my life I need to forgive. I've been trying to do that. I'm not always as successful as I would like to be. God, help me to be more sensitive to the people in my life. And Jesus, help all of us to receive the forgiveness that you have waiting for us. In fact, God, right now, for anyone that raised their hands to either question, God, I pray that you would just rush in and forgive us. I pray that no matter what guilt we feel 
or sadness, that you would just help us to be set free. And God, let this be a day that we don't forget because no one forgot what happened that day when the woman poured her life out at the feet of Jesus. God, help us to do that now. And may we walk in freedom, love, and forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, would you just chat with us online and let us know? If you need more help, reach out. Reach out through the chat. You can even email me, drew at bwch.org. We're here to help. And just remember, none of us are perfect. We need each other, and we need the love of God more than ever before. I love you, and until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey, friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below, and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.